Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. By the way, that phrase, he endured as seeing him that is invisible. We could also apply that to the midwives. They endured by seeing him that is invisible. In that decision, Moses refused Egypt in order to save Israel. And in that decision, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who also decided to refuse the world in order to save Israel, when in faithfulness to the Jewish people, he forsook the wealth, the comfort from the offer of the kingdoms of this world that was made to him by the devil, when the devil said to him in Matthew 4, 8 through 10, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and he saith unto them, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. In that decision to stay fixed on saving the Jewish people, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who also made a decision, as we've seen, to stay faithful and save the Jewish people. And he said in Matthew 15, 24, the Lord Jesus Christ said, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's an expression of his decision. His expression is to be faithful to saving the Jewish people, to not give up, as Moses did. And the Lord Jesus Christ was also like Moses, when the Lord decided to openly acknowledge himself as the king of the Jews, which caused that sign to be put up over his cross, which was a written document of his accusation. It was his crime sheet that he gladly bore. And it says in Matthew 27, 11, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him saying, art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus said unto him, thou sayest, in other words, yes. And then later in Matthew 27, 37, because of that, the, the sign was put up and it set up over his head, his accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who decided to deny himself the night before the cross when he says in Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That's the cup of the wrath of God for the sins of men. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Moses had a compassion 
Because when he first went out before he was exiled, he tried to deliver the Jewish people or a, a Jewish person when he saw that person being beaten. And what Moses did is he killed an Egyptian. And it says that in Exodus, we'll find this in Exodus 2, 11 through 12, where it says, and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren, and he looked this way and that way, and when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. It was a compassion that Moses had for his brother that was being beaten, so to speak. And that was the compassion that was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who also had a compassion on the Jewish people, as it says in Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Also, he had this burning compassion, the Lord Jesus Christ did, when he stood in front of Jerusalem and cried out, as it says in Matthew 23, 37, with his arms stretched out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not, some of the most tragic words in the Bible. But it shows the compassion and the brokenness of the Lord Jesus Christ for the Jewish people. Israel actually rejected Moses after he had killed that Egyptian and came back the next day. We're gonna find in Exodus 2.14 where it says, and who may be a prince and a ruler and a judge over us, they said to him. When Israel rejected Moses, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who was also rejected by Israel. As it says in John 1.11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. As it also says in Isaiah 53.3, speaking of him, he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Then there was a time when, as far as the Jewish people were concerned in Egypt, Moses just disappeared. He ran. He was in exile. Moses disappeared from the Jewish people during that time when he ran away for fear of, what, of Pharaoh, and he ran into his exile in the land of Midian, as we're going to see. And it says there in Exodus 2.15, now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in a land, in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. For that time period, which was 40 years, for that time period in which Moses was separated, he sort of disappeared as far as Israel was concerned, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ who also left Israel after his death as he said. Now, during this time when Moses was separated, even though the affliction was great, God nevertheless kept Pharaoh from destroying the Jewish people. 
So God cared for the Jewish, Jewish people during that time. He protected them when Moses was separated from them in the land of Midian. As it says in Exodus 2.15, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and they were there when Moses returned back because God had taken care of them. So under that care and protection, when he was separated, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who also cared and protected the Jewish people during this time, especially, and all throughout the history, when their enemies have sought to destroy them. And so it says there that those that wanted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ in John 7.30, then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. So God also not only protected the Jewish people, he protected Moses during that time, not only, and he protected in the same way the Lord Jesus Christ during the time when they wanted to destroy him. God cares for Israel during the time when Moses is gone, as we've seen. And this is what, what is happening today, the Lord Jesus Christ is in heaven. What is he doing in heaven? We have a description, and it's in Acts 5.31. It says, him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So we could say, what is it that the Lord Jesus Christ is doing now during the time? He has been exalted to care for, to help, to bring the Jewish people to himself, to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. Then we only have to think of the life of Moses to remember that after that 40 year separation time in the land of Midian, God resent Moses back to Israel. We're gonna see that in the history of Moses, how in the life of Moses, he had thought that he had just sort of gone into a permanent retirement in the land of Midian. But when he's a full 80 years old, God interrupts that time in the land of Midian. And God sends Moses back to Egypt. Why? Go back to Egypt to the Jewish people to save them from the Egyptians. And at that time, we're gonna see in that second coming of Moses into Egypt, we will see in that great time when God sent him there, there was the great words of Exodus 3 from the burning bush when God said to Moses in Exodus 3, 9 through 10, now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. In that second coming of Moses to rescue the Jewish people, we will see how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ who will come a second time, second coming, to rescue the Jewish people as predicted in the book of Zechariah, chapter 14, verses two through four, when God says, for I will gather against Jerusalem to battle. I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth. That's the second coming. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. 
and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a great, very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. See, at this second encounter, when Moses comes back and see, and the Jewish people recognize this Moses, who they rejected with the words, who may be a prince and a judge over us. This same Moses, they then come to receive and recognize as their God-sent savior. And how the Jewish people changed their attitude toward Moses from one of who may be a prince and a judge over us to accepting Moses as their judge and prince and savior. And that change of attitude, in that change of attitude, we'll see how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the Jewish people also will change their attitude toward. An attitude from despising and rejecting him to an attitude of calling them calling themselves the people of God and him God. That's given to us in Isaiah 53.3, as we already read. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He is despised and we esteemed him not. That's the current attitude of the Jewish people toward the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's going to change, as it changed for Moses, to Zechariah 13, 9. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. What's that name? The Lord Jesus Christ. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Total change in attitude, as it was with Moses, so it shall be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're very much looking forward to that day, and when that happens, then it will be recognized how Joseph was also like unto the Lord Jesus Christ. In his first scene that we see him with his brothers, they hated him. They wanted to kill him. They sold him into the slavery of Egypt. That's what the brothers did to Joseph. But at the second encounter, or the second scene with his brothers in Egypt between Joseph and his brothers or the Jewish people, that's when his brothers or the Jewish people realized that Joseph was their brother, that Joseph was their savior, that Joseph was their Lord, as it says in Acts 7.13. And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. In these recognitions of the Jewish people, of who their savior is, at the second encounters, the, the second encounter with Joseph, the second encounter with Moses, the second encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. In those, in, those, in those ways, both Joseph and Moses are like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the Jewish people will recognize as their Lord and Savior when he comes the second time, as it says in Zechariah 12.10, and I will pour upon the house of Israel and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace 
and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and they shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. Now, we're gonna see Moses. He's gonna stand up before this great king, Pharaoh. He's gonna stand up against Pharaoh to protect and to rescue the Jewish people. And when we see Moses without fear stand up, as we'll see in Exodus 5.1, and afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold the feast unto me in the wilderness. And how Moses will stand up in front of Pharaoh, we'll see in that how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who without fear stood up against Satan, as we read already in Matthew 4, 8 through 10, where it says, again, the devil taketh him into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto them, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. It had been 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. The Lord Jesus Christ was hungry. He was weak. He was very, very much dehydrated. And in that place there, he stood up to protect the Jewish people. And that's what we'll see also as Moses. Moses also got to see the destruction of Pharaoh, got to see the battle that was won. And we will see that, how on a certain day, what's coming, standing on the banks of the Red Sea, Moses and all of Israel look out, and what do they see? Egyptian bodies wash up on the shore that they're standing on. Army destroyed, Pharaoh destroyed, as we'll see in Exodus 14, 30 through 31. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great day, that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. When they see and seeing those enemies destroyed, then we'll understand how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, defeating Satan and his army, as it says in Colossians 2, 14 through 15, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them, openly triumphing over them in it. 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose, the Son of God, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And then in Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. We'll see in this great life of Moses, in his great dedication, how God used this man to bring the people through. We'll see that how Moses will be the one who succeeds in bringing the Jewish people out of Egypt through the Red Sea safely, as Samuel spoke about it in 1 Samuel 12, 8. When Jacob was coming to Egypt, 
and your fathers cried unto the Lord. Then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. And when Moses did that, when Moses brought the people through, when Moses carried them and brought them through Egypt, out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, we'll see in that picture how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who brings us, his people, out of the condemnation of sin, who brings us out of a destiny head for hell, who brings us into reconciliation, safe into heaven by the grace of God, and loses not one in the process, as he said in John 17, 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept, and none was lost. John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And then we'll see Moses as the great interceder. Um, we'll see Moses saving Israel when Israel didn't see, when Moses was praying for them. And we'll see Moses praying in intercession for the Jewish people so that they're not destroyed in Exodus 1 through 32, where it says, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. Such a prayer, such a dedication, such an intercession that Moses had. And when we see Moses like that, we will see that Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ who also prays and intercedes for his people as it says in John 17, 22, 21. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And then it says in Hebrews 7.25, wherefore, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. We're gonna have such a great time studying this. We'll also look and see that at the end of Moses' life when he died, he died in a place on a hill, on a mountain, and God, it says, buried him. Nobody went with him, just God and Moses went alone up there. And God buried the body of Moses out of sight of the Jewish people, as it says in Deuteronomy 34, five through six. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him, that's God, and he buried, God buried Moses, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. The body of Moses just disappeared out of the sight of the Jewish people. In that disappearance of the body of Moses, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, whose body also disappeared in the resurrection, and they weren't able to find it in the tomb, as it says in John 20, verse two, then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. So in all these ways, we're going to see wonderfully how Moses was like unto 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants to show us. Because when we come to the book of Exodus, when we come to the whole of the Bible, the key guide for us is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Search the scriptures, he said, for in them you think ye have life, they are they which testify of me. That's what's gonna make this study so exciting and it's going to be a wonderful time that we're gonna have together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our time today as we have once again opened the eternal word. And we pray, Lord, that as we have studied these verses, seen these people, that, oh God, you would impress them upon our heart, that you would press the truths the lessons, the encouragements, the knowledge, the, the information, the knowledge of God that we have learned on our hearts, that they might be ours forever. Thank you for hearing us in prayer now in Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051.